0: Before I start, um, I haven't prepared a speech. I've got some notes, so I'll talk for a bit. For me, I prefer Q&A, but I'll try and speak for as long as possible. Okay. If you look bored, I'll bring it to an end. And uh, the, um, the first thing you'll notice, I have a very strong Scottish accent, um, and I know some of you are from abroad. If you're struggling with a Scottish accent, I mean, don't sit mystified. Um, just put your hand up and ask me to s- talk louder or slow down you know when i was in america quite often people would struggle with the accent and the i'm not in that piece too it says i'm 61 so <laughs> I, I, i'm 61 and there are exceptions to the people who are like me uh, the i've been a journalist since i left university in glasgow uh, since i was 21 and uh almost half that time has been at the guardian i was a political reporter at covering British politics. Uh, Then I was diplomatic editor. And then in that time I covered, uh, I was all around the world. I covered uh, the Israeli-Palestinian Intifada. I covered the Iraq invasion. I was in America, in Washington, along with a colleague there, uh, Richard Adams. For six years, I covered the 2008 election with Obama and uh, his re-election in 2012. For the last year, I've been in New York, and uh, it was when I was in New York, I became involved in the Snowden story, and that's all I've been doing for the last six months. I just came back to Britain uh, last month, and I'm now the uh, Defence and Intelligence Correspondent. Uh, Before we start, I'd just like to say, I've never been prouder. I've always been proud to work for The Guardian, uh, but I've never been prouder than I have been for the last six months. Uh, the editor of The Guardian, Alan Rusbridger, has been under enormous pressure from all—you know, from the British government, from the intelligence services, uh, from the White House. He's never buckled. He's had threats of you know, prosecution. Uh, they've come into The Guardian and smashed up the hard drives. They've arrested David Miranda. They've threatened us with injunctions. But Alan's never buckled, and uh, we've carried on reporting. My colleagues in The Guardian in London, I won't, go, I won't run through them. But I would like to mention two people in America. The US editor, Janine Gibson, is a fantastic journalist. And none of this would have happened without her. She's the one that brought Len Greenwald to The Guardian. And if that hadn't happened, we would never have been involved. Janine, throughout this, Alan was dealing with the British government. Janine had to deal most of the time with the White House, the Director of National Intelligence, the FBI, the NSA, and various other intelligence agencies. And she never, ever was intimidated by them. She gave as good as she got, she listened to them, and she said, uh, we're publishing anyway. Uh, her deputy, uh, Stuart Miller, who's another Scot with an accent as uh, <laughs> rough as mine, uh, edited uh, most of those stories. The ones of the Glenn Greenwell's byline, my byline, James Ball, Laura Patrice, and all others. Almost all that editing was done by Stuart Miller. Very complicated stories, and he made them accessible. My involvement in this story began in May last year. I was in the newsroom. I was looking forward to lunch, and uh, Jeanine Gibson signalled, you know, come over. So I went to see her, and she said, uh, I'd like you to go to Hong Kong tomorrow. So I says, yes. You know, If you're a Guardian journalist, foreign correspondent, and you turn down an assignment... So I immediately said yes, without knowing what was involved. And uh, I went off to lunch and I came back and she said, so I said, well, what's the story? And she says, there's a guy claiming to be from one of the American intelligence agencies and he wants to give us some documents. She didn't know whether he was for real or whether he was a fantasist. Glenn Greenwald was in the office. Uh, Glenn is a you know famous commentator blogger in America who's been writing on security issues for years. And Laura Petraeus is an independent documentary filmmaker, done fantastic documentaries, especially from Iraq, very single-minded and courageous. They were in the New York office and uh, Janine said, I'm sending Glenn and Laura to Hong Kong to check out if this guy is for real. And uh, I want you to go along because You know, the Guardian knows you, You you've been in the Guardian a long time and establish whether this guy is real. So the three of us go off to Hong Kong. The first time we see Snowden, we thought, this can't be true. (laughs) He's 29, but he looks about 21. We sit and talk to him and he says, I was in the CIA. Uh, I was in the National Security Agency. Uh, I worked in Geneva. I worked in Japan. I worked in Hawaii. And I'm thinking, how can this guy have done all these things? And then he says, I trained for the special forces. And I thought, how did you manage to fit that in? And he says, when I was training for the special forces, I broke both my legs. And I thought, this guy's nuts. We, we interviewed him over six days. And uh, you were talking, to him, talking to, him in, to him in detail about the stories. And he gave us the documents. And we, we realized this wasn't a hoax, that this guy was for real. I sent a message back to Alan Rudsbridge and Janine Gibson saying, I'm convinced this isn't a hoax, that this was not a lunatic. This guy really did work for the NSA and that these NSA documents are genuine. It, it was just a level of detail. He, he's, I like Edward Snowden a lot. He's very honest. He's very modest. But his honesty, if you ask him any question, he doesn't, no matter how personal, he never uh, rejects it or says no asked him every aspect of his life, your stating know, starting date of birth, social security number, his ID at the CIA, a whole swathe of uh, details. But then once he started to produce the documents, there was no way you could have fabricated. And um, he gave us tens of thousands of documents. They're complicated, but they are for real. Right up till we published the first story, there was always the niggling doubt that it might not be true. And once the first story was published and the intelligence services did not come back and say, you've got this completely wrong, then we we were off. We published four stories, one on the data collection, uh, one on the relationship between the NSA and Google, Microsoft and the other agencies, Uh, one on President Obama's attitude to cybersecurity and one on about... Boundless Informant, which is one of the systems that we used At the time, I thought, this is going to be too complicated for people. You know, it's too nerdy. Uh, people aren't going to get this. And it was a surprise to me. The story was published and bang, it went all over the place. You know, it was just huge. So by the four days later, when, we, when Edward Snowden said, I want to go public, and Laura Price made the video of uh, Edward Snowden exposing himself... I knew at that point, this story is huge uh, because of the reaction to the first four stories. And uh, that video and the story that accompanied the, is the biggest story in the Guardian's history. The, that video has been viewed more than anything else. And the story has been read uh, by more people than any other story. The day after he exposed himself, he disappeared in Hong Kong. And now, uh, as you know, he's in Russia. Throughout this period, the communications were really difficult. People have forgotten. At the time, we couldn't use phones. I couldn't phone Alan Rusbridger and uh, Janine Gibson and say, well, I'm sitting in Hong Kong and I'm talking to this guy about leaked NSA documents. Mm -hmm. So the phone was out. I, I sent a tentative message in Gmail and get an angry message back saying, don't be daft, Gmail is not safe. So I sw- uh, Richard Adams, who has sat in the Washington office with me for six years, know, knows that I'm one of the least technical people in The Guardian, completely befuddled by the digital age. But I had to learn fast in Hong Kong. So we switched to Hushmail, and I sent messages to Alan and Janine. And then 24 hours, having learned Hushmail, they said, we don't trust that either. We're switching to CryptoCat. So... I learned how to use Cryptocat, and then the message comes back. Well, we don't trust this either. And eventually, we've established a system we think is secure now. And throughout the whole thing, we kept expecting the CIA to come and lift Edward Snowden. We didn't. It, inc- it seems incredible to me, even now, after the first stories appeared during the days running up to it, the CIA never went in and snatched Edward Snowden. You know, they hadn't realised that this was taking place. The knew was missing, but they never came to get him. Well, that's you think the CIA have lifted people all over the place. And, and given the scale of the leak, you'd think they would have done anything to take him out. And he said that. He expected that the CIA station was in the embassy not far from where he was staying. And he expected your know, rendition to take place. Well, for a spy, he's very careful in communications, but he's totally incompetent as a spy. Uh, (laughs) uh, He flew to Hong Kong under his own name. Uh, When I stayed in the hotel, I asked for anonymity. He was staying in the hotel, the Mira Hotel, under his own name. He was paying for his bills with his own credit card. Uh, They could have found him in nanoseconds. I mean, since Hong Kong, I mean, the story has just got all over the place. Obama's uh, announced a review in america given us the initial conclusions of promised reform congress is uh, planning legislation there's constant debate in america there's hardly a day that you can pick up a paper or uh, watch television or listen to radio in america and it's not an issue it's on twitter in germany huge story because of the nsa listening into Angela Merkel's phones in brazil Huge story, lots of sympathy for uh, Snowden, Mexico, Indonesia, trouble with the Australians because uh, they were uh, listening into the Indonesian president's phone in Britain, uh, by contrast with the America and, and everywhere else, for completely bizarre reasons that I don't quite understand, there's almost no debate, and we can discuss later why you think that might be. Maybe people here feel secure. Uh, maybe they feel that uh, national security trumps uh, the revelations in the press maybe it's our culture we're brought up in James Bond maybe could be the government slapped a D-notice on the British media as soon as the first story appeared a D-notice uh, advises the media not to report the story because it's, uh, the information is sensitive but It may be just that the rest of the British press and media don't like The Guardian. Because of the phone hacking scandal, uh, there's uh, journalists from uh, the Murdoch press in court just now uh, facing the prospect of going to jail. And uh, a lot of the media think, well, if they're going to jail, who cares if The Guardian's going to jail? So maybe it's just not any sympathy there for us at all. I'll just talk about a few points Uh, more general points and then I'll open up to uh, Q&A this wasn't a great investigation uh, by me or Glenn Greenwald or Laura Petraeus the story landed in our laps Snowden got in touch with uh, Glenn and Laura and he didn't even give it to the Guardian he came to Glenn Greenwald because Glenn was a blogger that he sympathised with and he. so it was just by accident and because Janine had the courage to take Glenn on that the Guardian ended up with this story but having come to The Guardian, it was a very complicated story to deal with. These documents, when you read them, they don't say, here's a story that's, that has to be written. They're very technical. Uh, they're written in code, full of acronyms. And you have to read them over and over again and try and make links, work out what the acronyms mean, and uh, try and figure out, you know, pull it together. People think that we've deliberately orchestrated this story by dr- a sort of drip, drip. We drop, put in a story one week, then wait a few more weeks, then put another one in, as if we'd been orchestrating this, doing it deliberately. We haven't. It's because it takes us weeks to work out where the next story is going to be. The Guardian had a team of reporters, of uh, six reporters in London, it had a team in New York, and uh, we also worked with a team of uh, six reporters from the New York Times. And it's one of the things about this story, the way that it's become an international one. There's also reporters from Der Spiegel and uh, ProPublica, an American uh, sort of think tank private foundation. And all those reporters have been coordinating and working together, sharing documents, sharing information, trying to work out. And then just a final point, and then I'll throw it open to you. When this started, and you still get it, there's a lot of criticism of Glenn Greenwald. And they say that he's not a journalist that he's an activist. Well, I don't accept these distinctions. I think it's in this new world that we're in, it's the story that matters. It doesn't matter whether it's written by me or Glenn or Laura. We're all, we're all journalists. Everybody brought something a different skills to the story. If Glenn hadn't been so outspoken in his criticism of the American security system, then Snowden would never have gone to him. He's got that comp- his style, he's got this aggressive style when he's on television, you are know, defending Snowden, defending the story. Uh, Laura Petraeus has probably read more of these documents than anyone else. She's very, very careful in sort of working and working her way through them, analysing them. But her great skill is she filmed almost every interview, everything that happened in Hong Kong, the interviews with Snowden, she f- she's recorded it. Uh, She went to The Guardian and recorded the paper when the story about, one of the big stories about GCHQ was going to print and we were scared that there was going to be a court injunction to stop us. Uh, Laura filmed this in The Guardian and she's producing a documentary which is due out in the next few uh, months. And so the combination of all these skills, you know, uh, Glenn, Laura and the the Guardian institution uh, and all the talents within the paper Uh, behind them, uh, plus the New York Times, the Spiegel. It became a sort of, we were up against and are up against powerful organisations and the only way we could match it was by this sort of international cooperation and uh, collaboration. Okay, thank you very, very much, Glenn.